Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. How many are, how many are thinking about what you got to do this afternoon? The people you have to see, the places you have to go? Forget about it. All right? Yeah. <clears throat> Let the Lord speak to your heart this morning. Oh, I think I'm going to preach, actually. You know sure, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Amen. I don't need that microphone. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Amen? God is so good. Amen? He is so good. And I love to worship my God. I love to praise Him. And I and Rick said, is that your new Bible? I said, yeah, that's my new Bible. And when he said that, I thought of like how this black is our sin, but yet the little bit of blood of Jesus covers it. Amen? Yeah. That's kind of childish, but whatever. Father, we thank you this morning that your spirit is here, God. Father, we thank you that you're here to do a mighty work in our hearts, God. Have your way. Let your word, let your holy, precious word come forth with power and truth. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. I'm just going to turn that down a little bit. Amen. Is that better? That's better. You can uh, turn to your Bibles just quickly to the book of Romans chapter 8. We're going to get started here. And uh, I just want to, the title of the message this morning is called Led by the Spirit. Everyone say, Led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. And one of the biggest problems with Christians today is that they are not living their lives led by the Spirit of God. They are not letting Jesus Christ, by His Holy Spirit, conduct everything that is done in their lives. They're not. So many Christians today, not all of them, hallelujah, but so many Christians today are stuck in this rut and they're, every day they're just wondering, God, why do I feel so weak? Why do I feel so frustrated in my, in my walk with you? How many of you have been frustrated before in your walk with Jesus? I have been many times. And the reason why is because I, in those times of being frustrated, I've been trying to do it in my own strength. I've been trying to do it in my own wisdom and in my own understanding of things. And I want to say today that I've learned by God's word that that does not work. Amen? It doesn't work. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 that there's a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but its end leads, leads to death. Right? And it can be such an innocent path we're taking. It can be, oh, but it seems so good. It seems so right. Everything's lining up with what I've been praying for. All these people are coming to me and agreeing with me and, and quote-unquote confirming with me. But yet it's not, led, it's not being led by the Spirit of God. It's being led by our feelings. That's the greatest thing. I, uh, back, uh, in Kitchener, I preached a message to the young people about how we need to understand the difference between faith and feelings. Because our feelings can lie to us. The enemy can get into our head and into our emotions and into our feelings and he spits these lies at us. These nice, sweet, really good lies that seem good, but yet they're leading right to destruction. And so we need to understand that, that this is the greatest problem in the church of Jesus Christ today that so many churches are not being led by the Spirit of God. So many churches are just getting up in their own wisdom. Preachers are getting up and preaching in their own wisdom. But Paul said, I don't come to you with fancy words and all this education. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't come to you with that. I come to you with Jesus Christ alone and Him crucified. That's all I've got. And I say to you this morning, that's, that's seriously all I've got. Who am I? We prayed in the back room and, and, and we were crying out to God about how we're just dust. We're just, we're just man, yet God sets his mind and his heart upon us. And he chooses to raise us up and to use us in this life. What an awesome privilege that is, amen? 
that he would take us. Think of all the filth you've been through in your life, and yet God still has his hand upon you, and God's forgiven you, and his blood has covered you, that he knows it's like it never even happened before, and he chooses to use you still. I'm absolutely floored by that this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Amen? That's something to be excited about, that God can take these ugly people. <laughs> and you're not ugly. Don't, don't hear me wrong. You're all beautiful, right? But God uses us, amen? And he is longing so much for his people to come to a place in their Christian walk where they leave it all alone and say, Jesus, I want your spirit to lead me. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. We have two options. We only have two, every human being, every single human being on the face of the earth has two choices, two options to make. A, is they can walk and live their life according to their flesh, according to what feels good, according to what they want to do, according to what opens up to them in their own natural strength. Or, on the other hand, the second and last choice they can make is they can give it all to God and say, God, have your way in me. Lead me in your ways, Lord. Amen? Do you agree with me this morning? So we have that choice. We're human beings on earth. And we have that choice to make. We have two options. Lead in our own strength, in our own understanding, or be led by the Spirit. I want to look here at Romans 8, verse 1. Starting at verse 1. Verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Let's read that again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in who? Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There it is right there. There's our two options. We can either walk according to our flesh, what makes us feel good, what seems right to us in our wisdom, or we can walk according to the Spirit. And it says that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh. So if we're walking in our own wisdom and in our own flesh, then we are condemned. And we are not where we need to be. Amen? We're not. The scripture says it. Look at verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. Right? Every night I set my coffee maker to turn on by itself at 4.30 in the morning. When I set that coffee maker, I, I put it at 4.30, that coffee maker knows in six hours I'm going to turn on and I'm going to make some coffee for Matt Noel. Right? When we set our minds on things of the flesh, we have things already predetermined. Tonight, there, there's things in our mind. If we, if we set our minds, there's things tonight. Tonight, I know I'm doing this. Tomorrow morning, I know I'm going to do this because my mind is set on it. I remember when I was 17 years old, for a whole year of my life, I was in a promiscuous relationship with a girl. And it was, it was full of sin and sexual sin. And, but, and my mind was set upon this. My mind was fixed. My mind had no room to be set other way, other word. The Lord was still with me, and He still loved me. Was He pleased? No. But my mind was fixed and set upon this relationship. And I would, there's times where I would know that tomorrow I'm going to be messing around in this relationship, and it's going to be sinning. But I, it's like I couldn't stop it. Why? Because I was walking in my flesh, and my mind was set upon it. And the Bible talks about how we need to be renewed in our minds because it starts in our minds. What you see, what you hear, what you, what you open your eyes and your ears to, these are the two gates. The eye gate and the ear gate. And what comes into your mind, if we don't deal with it, if we don't deal with it and say, God, this is not of you, right? Walking in the flesh 
it, it, it's different than falling every now and then. You need to understand me. Walking in the flesh is when you are living your lives in sin, knowing that it's sin, knowing that it's pleasing you, right? It's not just stumbling. Because there's times in your walk with the Lord and in my walk with the Lord that you're pursuing God and, and your heart is pure and right, amen? But yet the enemy comes in. Of course he does. Of course he does to stop you. And he throws a temptation at you and you fall. Are you walking in the flesh? No. You fall. You have fallen in the flesh. But you can get back up. That's the difference. And if you're walking in the flesh this morning, you are not on, a, you are on the road to destruction. And you need to get off that road. And the only way that you can get off that road is to confess your sins. Lord, I've been living my life knowing, doing these things every day, every week, every month, knowing they're wrong, but not changing my ways. And I did that for a year. And the Spirit of God was convicting me and convicting me and convicting me. And it got stronger and stronger. And I kept resisting. But he was, I was slowly becoming soft. And the Lord was chipping me at me away. And he was chipping away and chipping away. And finally, I gave up. And I said, God, I no longer want to walk in my flesh. I want to walk in the Spirit at the age of 18 years old. And I got my life right with Christ and I received Jesus in my heart and he changed me. And now I was being led by the Spirit of God. Was I still falling down in sin? Yes! Do I still fall down in sin today? Yes! But thank the Lord we have an advocate to the Father, Jesus Christ. And I am being led by the Spirit. This church is being led by the Spirit. You can be assured that Pastor Mike and myself and Mom and Cindy, we as a leadership are, are saying, Jesus, what do you want? In terms of a building, in terms of, in terms of preaching, every single aspect of this church, God, who do you want involved with ministry team? Every aspect, Lord Jesus, you lead the way. You lead the way. We don't, if I, this upper room church, I've been praying, God, if I try doing this in my own strength, it's going to flop. I'm going to be a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fall on the ground, just embarrassed. And it's going to be pathetic. Lord, you take the upper room church. You birthed it in me, Lord. So you take it and you lead the way. Amen. And I know because of that, because Cindy and I are giving this ministry and this church by faith, we're saying, Jesus, take it, take it. It's yours, Lord. And he's, and we've given it to him because there's no way I can do this in my own strength with my responsibility and with, with, with where my life's at now. There's no way. Even if I was cleared up and my life was different. And you know, the Spirit of God's got to lead the way. Amen? Look at verse 8. He says, so those who live, uh, verse 5 says, so those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh and those in the Spirit, their mind on the Spirit. Verse 8 says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Right? We can't, there's no way we can please God if we're living our lives in the flesh. We can try and try and try, but we won't. Skip down to verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, what's it say there? You will die. That's a serious thing. You will die. This message this morning is life or death. If we're walking in the flesh in our lives and doing it all on our own, it's gonna, we're going to die. We're gonna lead, it's leading right to death. It, oh, no. That, yeah. You will die. But, but, thank God there's that but in there. Amen. But is a good word sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But if the Spirit of God you put, uh, sorry, but, it, but by the Spirit of God you put to death the deeds and the things that your body and you will live. How many of you want to live this morning? I want to live. I don't want to die, amen? I want to live. The Holy Spirit desires so much, so much to lead us in our lives. He's just waiting for us to lay it all down and just say, Lord, take it because I can't take it no more. James 4 verse 5 says that the Spirit of God who dwells within us yearns jealously. He is a jealous God. When he sees us being consumed with all these other things, he is being angered and stirred up. 
I remember when my wife and I first met each other, and I really liked her, but I was um, really not sure of myself at that time, and, and I'm still not. But, but uh, I was really uh, self-conscious because of some things in my life when I was 19 years old. But I really liked this girl, and, sh and I thought she dig me, but like, who, why would she like me? Who am I? Like, why would this cute little beautiful woman like me and stuff? And I really had a thing for her. And then I, this one night I hear she goes out, we weren't officially dating, we were just seeing each other with friends. And, uh, but I never really poured out and said, Cindy, I really like you, you know, be my girlfriend. That hasn't happened yet. So I find out from some friends, she went out with this other guy, right? I don't know if you call it testing the waters, but she went out and she only did it because he was begging her. He, she didn't want to. Why? Because she liked me. I was her man and I didn't even know it. She was my lady and she didn't even know it. And I was jealous. Why? Because she was mine. She just didn't know it yet. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is like that with us. When He sees us going to these, why are you going there? Why are you doing that? You don't have to go this way. Why are you pleasing yourself in that way? Come to me, and I'll give you true joy and rest and peace and love, and I'll supply for you. Amen? And that's why the Holy Spirit he yearns jealously for us. And the word yearns means He longs for persistently. He's sitting there, he's longing for, oh, Cindy, I long for you. Get up from that table and come over to my place, and I'll make you supper. And, right? That's the Spirit of God towards his people. He's just waiting, he's longing, please. He's given us his word, he's poured his life out, he's poured his heart out, and he's here so that he can comfort us and help us and teach us and love us and lead us into the plans and the purposes that we all so often proclaim, yet we don't receive it. Why? Because we're living in the flesh. That's why we don't receive the plans He has for us. How many of you know that He has plans and a future of a hope? We all know that. The whole world knows that. But yet 90% aren't receiving it. Why? Because they're trying to do it in their own strength. This morning I felt, God, there's no way I can preach this morning in my own strength. And I thank God that His Spirit has taken over. Amen? Because without the Spirit of God, it's nothing. It's empty. It's void. It's vain. Shut the church down. Don't call yourself a Christian. Because it's not working. Amen? Praise God. He wants so much for us to be only His, only His, set apart for you, my Lord. We can sing it, we can sing it, we can sing it, and then He wants us to live it. And many of us are, praise God. Keep going, keep going. I think of, uh, it's been known that rally car racing, when they go through parts of pavement and then parts of dirt and stuff, we got a video game and I love playing it when I have time, but rally car racing, it's been known that the driver, they always have a passenger. And the reason why is because they're a team and they work together. That driver can see very, very little. Because why? Because dirt and dust and debris is, is all he sees and smoke from the cars in front of him that he's racing. That's all he sees. So he, he's driving without seeing, with, with extreme low visibility for what's ahead. But leading up to the race, that's where his passenger comes in. Who's more important, the driver or the passenger? They work together, but without the passenger, this driver's gonna crash. Because they, leading up to the race for months and months and months, they study the course. They study it together. They get it pictured in their mind. They remember every turn, every tweak, every tree, every bump, every rut, every turn, every stream, every single little itsy-bitsy thing of that course. They study it and they get it within them. Because when they come, that passenger is responsible for telling the driver when to turn, how much of an angle to turn, how sharp to turn, how fast to go, when to slow down. He's responsible. Because if he doesn't, this guy's gonna no, he's gonna have no idea where he's going. And he's gonna crash into a tree and he's they're gonna be killed. Amen? That's the truth. That's why the passenger, the rally car is there. Many times people think like, oh Jesus, just take the wheel. And he's like, no, I don't want the wheel. I want to sit next to you and lead the way. 
Because I, you need to drive. We all have free will, amen? How many of you have free will to make do whatever? You can go and leave this place and do whatever you want. It's up to you. We're free. We're free to do whatever we want. But yet many of us aren't making the choice that the Spirit would want to make. And so the passenger are, is the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have the wheel. We have the wheel. And we're driving our own life. We're running our own race. And yet so many of us are just doing it in our own strength and we crash and we burn out and we run out of gas because we don't make the right turns. We don't make the right decisions. Amen? We need to listen to our passenger because he's with us. We're not alone. He's within us. He's there to speak to us, to, to give us guidance, to lead us in the way of righteousness. Amen? That's why he's there. Amen? I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 10, please. John chapter 10. Jesus is talking about, he's illustrating um, to his people and he's preaching about how we are his sheep, right? John chapter 10, we are his sheep and he's the shepherd, he's the good shepherd, right? We all know that. We are, everyone say, we are sheep. sheep. Everyone, bah, bah. Come on, do it louder. Bah. We're sheep, right? And who's the good shepherd? Jesus Christ is our good shepherd, amen? So in John chapter 10 here, he's, he's referring to us as his sheep. Read in verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he what? He goes before them, hallelujah. And the sheep, what? Follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. When we are truly the sheep of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, we know when it's a stranger speaking to us. We know when it's the enemy lying to us and speaking to us, and it's a demon from hell trying to pull us this way. We know it. And so when we know this good shepherd, we'll know when it's not the good shepherd. And when we know and we see our good shepherd leading us on, the Bible says that we will follow him. Why? Because we're the sheep of his pasture. The good shepherd will lead us out. It's been known, Pastor Cliff mentioned it, if you were here at the breakfast that we had when he was down, and he said that sheep are so dumb, and that's why they need a good shepherd, right? I need my good shepherd. Without Jesus in my life, I can't imagine where I would be. I would be a young, I would have a, I would, I would be lost without my good shepherd leading me on. Amen. And this, and he says that sheep, when they don't have a shepherd leading them, when they don't, they'll follow the sheep who's in the front of the pack and they'll keep their eye on him. And the sheep are so dumb, they don't know where they're going and they're going here and they're going there and they don't know where to go. Why? Because their eyes are not a good shepherd. Their eyes, they don't know where to go because the shepherd's duty is to lead them to the waters to drink. Lead them to the green grass where they can eat good food. Lead them to shelter when it's storming outside. Lead them to good things. Amen? That's, that's Jesus in us. And so when our eyes are taken off the shepherd, the sheep will actually come, Pastor Cliff said this, to an end of a cliff. And they'll jump right off because they just got to keep going. And they don't know what's, they don't know. But that way, it seems right, but it's leading where? It's leading to death. And so the first 50 sheep die because they hit the ground. But then he said, the sheep that continue to jump, if there's two or three hundred, they start landing on top of each other. And they're fluffing, they're still alive, but they're leading to destruction. And that's why we need the good shepherd, amen? Because he knows the way. Jesus Christ knows the way for you and for me. Wherever you're at right now in your life, 
He knows the way. And I thank the Lord for that. Amen? Psalm 23, 1, 3. The Lord is my... We make this so religious. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He leads me. He's my good shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. And I can drink and I can be, I can be renewed. And I'm drinking this crystal clean water. And my shepherd's standing beside me. And then it goes on to say, He, 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 he restores my soul. I'm glad this morning that Jesus restores me because many times I find myself broken and down and out and Jesus reaches down and he gives me a drink of his living water and he lets me sit on his lap and he pats me through my, through my bushy hair and he, and he says, I love you, son. I will lead you and he restores me and I get up off my feet and I press on saying, Jesus, keep leading me because I know you know the way and it's leading to eternity with you forever. Amen? He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. That tells me that this is yes for us. This absolutely benefits us. This is life or death for us. But ultimately, this is for His glory. Following the Good Shepherd is for Him. That's why we were made. We were created in His image so that we can serve Him. So that we can lay our lives down and say, Lord, have your way. He doesn't want us to be living our lives knowing that, oh, tonight I'm going to be doing something I know I should not be doing, Lord. But it's okay, God. I'll just do it for another night or for another week. He wants us to say, Lord, it's yours. Lead me beside still waters. Restore my soul, God. Get my eyes fixed upon you. Get what's wrong in my life right before you, Lord. Whatever it is, the smallest thing, the smallest thing, the smallest amount of bitterness towards people will get to take us right into hell. Jesus teaches that. If we don't have, if we have unforgiveness in any amount with any person, we must get that right. That's just one of many. Jesus is looking for perfection. Am I perfect? No. But by His grace, by His grace, by us being humble and repenting and confessing to Him, Lord, I need you here, my good shepherd. Please take me from this nasty brown grass and take me to that green stuff. Because I thought this was good for me at one time, Lord. But it's not working, God. I'm not getting full. I'm not healthy. I'm not strong. Take me to the green grass. Amen? And He does that so faithfully. Hallelujah. He does that so faithfully. No matter how deep we've gone. No matter how far we've led astray. The prodigal son came back and the father saw him from a great distance. And he opened that door and he ran towards his son. And he fell on his neck. And I always think that would hurt so much. But he fell on him and he kissed him. And he said, I love you. Let's throw a party. Why? Because you're back in the green pasture where you're safe and where you belong. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads to death. We must, we must be led by the Spirit of God. Do you know that that's why the Holy Spirit came? Do you know that's why the Holy Spirit was sent? Listen to what Jesus says. This is amazing. This is amazing. Jesus, like, could you imagine the disciples and the people? Like, Jesus walked on earth, and he, would, he performed miracles. But could Jesus be everywhere at one time? Could, you, could he? No. He was a man, Right? But the, the Spirit of God was not around. It was Jesus. He was walking around. And so that's why the Bible says over and over that the multitudes would come. And, and, and He was always, wherever He would go. Why? Because they knew He was the one. 
They knew he, they needed him. And so they would come and they would long just to touch his, his clothes and they would be healed. Just to see him and just to, just to hear his voice. They longed to be with him. And so Jesus says here in John 16, is listen to this. Verse 7, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It's better that I go away. This is just before he's about to die. Or excuse me, about to ascend to heaven. And he says to his disciples, it's better that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, means the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him him to you. Verse 13 says, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. That's why the Holy Spirit came. Jesus says, it's better that I go. Why? Because I'm only one man. But when I send my spirit, he's going to be everywhere. He's going to live within those who call on my name and be saved. He's within them. He's everywhere. Wherever you go, he's there. Wherever you go now, I can't be there because I got responsibilities. I got other people who need me, right? But when I go to heaven, my spirit will be with you, amen? And he says, he will guide you into all truth. He will lead you. He is here to guide us, amen? Didn't that make you happy this morning? We're not alone. If, when you go on, a, and so often men struggle with this, they take their wives on a trip and, honey, I think we're lost. Where are we go? It's okay, honey, I've got it. I got it. Read the map. It's there for you. It's there for you. It's going to take you safely and on time to where you need to go. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I never, it never worked for me either. Praise the Lord. I'm glad this map here works for me. Amen? You can turn your Bibles to Acts 16, please. This is where the message begins. When I read, in my devotion time, I'm reading through the book of Acts and uh, just really slowly reading it and feeding on the Word of God, and it's really speaking to me. And it's amazing in the book of Acts how the Word of God is the one thing that just brought change and change and revival. Like, the whole book of Acts is just revival. Like, like healings and people, multi, multi, uh, what's the word? Multiples of people, multitudes of people coming in and being saved daily. Like, like I encourage you, if you, never, if you read it, read it again. It's amazing. In, in Acts chapter 16, um, this is what sparked this whole message for me. As I was seeking the Lord, um, Paul and Silas um, are faithfully out doing what they're called to do, right? And they're just doing the work of the Lord. They know that they're called to preach. They know that they're called of God to be examples and to walk, um, you know, the streets of Asia and Rome and Macedonia and wherever the Lord led them. And, and, and they were to preach and they were to pro proclaim Christ. And, and they were seeing the glory of God and they were seeing miracles take place. And under such great persecution, yet they still kept going. They still were faithful to the Lord in the work that they were called to do. And uh, we read here Acts 16, um, starting at verse 4. You can read with me. And as this is Paul and Silas. As they went, as Paul and Silas went through the cities, they delivered to them the, the decrees to keep. He was, they were preaching the word of God to keep these words, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. Verse 5. So the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number daily. Now, why? Because the word of God was being preached. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia, I'll call it that, and the region of Galatia, they were, this, this, is the, this is the one passage of scripture here that spoke this whole message into my heart. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word of God in Asia. And I stopped and I looked up and I said, the Spirit of God forbid them. Don't preach the word of God here. And I'm like, what? That makes no sense. Keep reading. So uh, verse, uh, verse 7, so after uh, they had come, they, they obeyed. So after they come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bath Bethania, but the Spirit of God did not permit them. Again, God, what's up? You keep moving us on. Like, could you imagine? That, that must have bewildered them. Amen? 
Like they're, out, they're called to preach the word and they're doing it. And yet in this time and, and all the way through Acts 1 to 16, they were faithful and they were, and they, they were freed up by the spirit of God to preach. And they come to verse, uh, to this, this time here. And, and he's like, no, stop, keep going. Don't preach here. Keep going. And so they say, okay. So they keep going and they come to the next place. And the spirit of God's like, no, don't not here either. Keep going. Keep going. And they, they, they were led by the Spirit. They were in tune with the Spirit of God. They weren't just out there, oh, Jesus loves you, Jesus saved you. We need to understand that there's order. The Spirit of God desires order, right? The, the Apostle Paul talks about in churches even, this is kind of a side note here, of, of if we all start just speaking in tongues and, and we welcome people like, you know, like, welcome, it'd just be chaotic and crazy. There's order. In the church, there's order in the Christian lives. He expects us to be faithful and to be persistent and to be, you know, just just ready to go. But also with order, with understanding, with meekness, with 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 love and patience. You know what I mean? And so there, so they again, the Spirit did not permit them. Look at verse eight. So continuing on, so passing by Mysia, they came down the Troas. They just keep going. And a, and listen to this, verse nine. This is the reason why. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Right there in that moment. That's the reason why the Spirit of God said, Don't preach here. Keep going. And they kept going. Okay, Lord. Don't. Not here. Not here either. And they were being led by the Spirit. And they were probably like, God, why? I'm confused. Why do you keep leading us on? There's people here that need to be preached the word. They need to hear the truth. Why is it, Lord? And he says, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just keep going. Listen to my spirit. Let my spirit lead you because I'll show you why. I'll give you understanding. I'll give you the reason. And in verse 9, they got the reason. Because in Macedonia, there was great people in need. They were so desperately in need. And I know that two and a half years ago, and I'm not boasting to myself at all, but the Spirit of God brought us to Aurelia because Aurelia needed help. And I, th- and I say that humbly, I say it humbly because people were praying and people would become weary and tiring. And I pray, God, that we were some, we've been some sort of strength to people here. And so the Lord, He knows what He's doing. And He leads us and we came here and, and thank God He's been using this church. Thank God He's been using our ministry. Amen? Amen. And the same with Paul and Silas. Because they were obedient, now they understood why. And the man pleaded with them, please come in a vision. Could you imagine? It wasn't a man, oh please. It was a vision. Because when you're, when, you're, when you're right, and when you're willing, and when you're trusting and letting the Lord lead, He will give you visions and signs and wonders and miracles. You'll see the things and you'll be, they'll become manifest in your life. Amen? And so he says, please come help us. Look at verse 10. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately... Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia. That's it, boys. That's the reason why. Let's go. No, don't eat. No, don't sleep. Let's go. Immediately, no matter what, they went because they knew what was next. They knew what God wanted for them next and from them next. So immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord has called us to preach the gospel to them. That's where the gospels needed most. Yes, the other, yes, Asia needs it. Yes, these other cities need it. Troas needs it. But yes, this is where right now the gospel is needed. Why? Because people are open. People are in need. And we're going to see great things happen. The Lord will lead us and he will give us the words that we need to speak in moments because those are the exact words people need to hear. And it will change them. It will, it will change their circumstances. Amen? Amen. 
I remember that time in the hospital when we were getting checked on. Cindy had some complications. And the Spirit of God told me to go pray for that woman. I knew it more. I had to do it. If not, I'd drop dead. And I went and prayed for her. Do, do I know why? No, but I knew I had to do it. And I know that there was results because of my obedience. Amen. Because of my, I was so open. I said, Lord, and he was speaking to me. And I knew my heart was burning, physically burning. I felt this burning in my spirit. If I didn't do it, I'm going to burn up and be a flame here in the hospital. I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in the bed. But, but when, we're, when we're obedient immediately and we do it, there is fruit, even if we don't see it. But one day we will, amen? I pray I'll see that woman in heaven someday. But I, I, you know what? Man, God leads his people when they're open. And so they come to Macedonia because they obeyed. Now, what, there's three reasons we're going to read in here as I close, but it'll still be a while, so hold tight. Fasten your seatbelts. But there's three reasons why, as we read along in the scriptures, there's three incredible reasons why that the Holy Spirit took Paul and Silas to Macedonia. And here they are. Look at verse 14, number one. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple, I think some sort of material, from the city of Thyatira and worshipped God. She was a Christian. She loved the Lord. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Verse 15. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to, uh, if you have, excuse me, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded them. Do you notice here? It, the Bible says that she worshipped God, but she was a struggling Christian. How do I know that? How do I know that? She loved God and she was serving God, but she was at a time in her life where she was struggling. She was feeling weak. She needed some sort of encouragement. She needed, she needed some sort of sign from the Lord. God, where are you? How many have been in a time where that you need something, God, and He answered that prayer, and somebody came, or the telephone rang, or the Lord just came over you by His Spirit and encouraged you in that moment? I know my brother Oliver received that last week, and I praise God for that. We all come to those times where we need something, God. We've been praying for so long, Lord, and He comes up and shows up. And that's what happened for this woman, Lydia. She loved God, but she needed strengthening in her spirit. She was feeling weak. She might have been feeling alone, because look, at we read here that she worshiped God, but in verse 14, it says, but the Lord opened her heart to hear the things spoken by Paul. The Lord opened her heart. Her heart was starting to close up. She worshipped God, yes. She had a real true heart, but her heart was starting to close and seize up and become hard. And when Paul, when the Spirit of God sent Paul and Silas and they preached the word right into her spirit, the Lord opened her heart back up. And she was strengthened and renewed. Amen? And her whole household and her whole family was strengthened and renewed to keep walking by faith. That's the first reason right there why Paul and Silas were sent. Keep going, keep going, not here, not here. And man, what an important thing to be open to the Spirit of God, to know what He wants, to know where He is leading. Amen? That's number one. The second thing is in verse, six, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divin uh, divination met us. Uh, who brought her masters much money by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said, I love that, he got greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, that wicked spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. The first reason why they were sent there was Lydia. She needed the Lord to strengthen her. She needed encouragement by her fellow 
Christians, amen? The second thing, right away, it says that they went to prayer, and as soon as they went to prayer, throws the demon inside this girl, this precious young girl, who's being used for the things of the enemy, who's being used for things straight out of hell, and she's making money, and these, these men, these, these high-roll money rollers are using her because she's possessed by this devil to go and to tell fortunes, and they were right because the enemy would, you know, you know psychics and all these fortune tarot card readers and stuff, and they're being used by the enemy, and so she was making big bucks for these guys. And Paul was so greatly annoyed. This, this wicked spirit was bugging him and annoying him and trying to hinder the word of God from being preached. And above all things, this wicked spirit had this girl gripped. She was not free. She was bound. She was a precious young girl who has her whole life ahead of her. And yet she's bound by this wicked spirit being used by the enemy. This girl needed to be delivered. She needed deliverance. And the Holy Spirit, three cities prior to this, knew it. He saw this precious young girl that was created in the image of God being used by the enemy. And she was bound. She had no one to help her. And the Spirit of God looked down from heaven and saw that because he knows his sheep. He loves his people. And he says, enough, Paul and Silas, you go. And they didn't know why, but when they got there, they knew why. Lydia was encouraged. And now this young girl was set free in Jesus' name because these men of God were obedient to the voice of the Spirit. And they went by faith. And they took authority over the enemy. And they said, enough, devil. In Jesus' name, you're stopping this. And that girl was set free so that she can live her life and pursue the things of God and find the plans that God had for her. Amen? And I don't know if there's any more text in the scripture of her. I don't think there is. But she was delivered. And the Spirit of God knew she needed deliverance. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so because of this, the men were enraged because this woman, this young girl, could no longer make money for them. And so they took Paul and Silas and threw, threw them in prison and beat them and spit on them and put them in a jail cell, chained them up. I think it was around their necks or something. They were chained up in this dark, damp jail cell prison guards everywhere and we all know this but what were they doing they were praying and worshiping god at midnight they weren't sleeping they weren't trying to get as much rest as possible they were praising and worshiping god why because they knew they were being used by the spirit of god they knew regardless of circumstances this is where we need to be this is where the lord led us understand that when the lord leads you and you fully surrender your life to jesus christ and his spirit to lead you it will not always be pretty yes there's the green pastures yes there's the living water but it will not always be pretty jesus in luke 4 was led into the wilderness for 40 days to be or excuse me into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil in the after after not eating for 40 days right was that a pretty thing no but the spirit of god led him into that so when He leads us and when we're obedient, it's not always going to be pretty. We need to fight. And that's why we need the Word and the Scriptures in our hearts. Amen? So that we can be strong in the times of trouble. And Paul and Silas were strong in jail here. Because they, it was greater for them to see that young girl delivered than for them to be in jail. They didn't care that they were in jail. They were doing the work of the Lord. They can die for all they care. As long as they die going up in smoke. Amen? Is that, is that the term? They die going out like a blaze. Ah! did the work of the Lord. I did what I was called to do. Amen? And so they were sitting there in jail. And they start worshiping God. Let's read verse 26. Suddenly, there was, after they worshiped God, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Suddenly, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, this great massive earthquake came so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. Not just theirs, all of them. 
All of them, their praise and their worship set the people free. Not just them. Do you know our praise and our worship in this little rinky-dinky building is setting the people free? God's just setting the stage. God's preparing it. And I'm so excited. Hallelujah. I'm excited. And all the doors were opened and everybody's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. I'm doomed. It's over. And he's about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, do, do yourself no harm for we are all here. They could have all ran. I'm sure Paul inside said, stay where you are. God has a work to do here. Don't run off. The Lord wants to do some things here. He, this is just the beginning. Don't run to your freedom. Stay still and see the salvation of the Lord. And that's why they're all there. And he said, don't kill yourself. God is going to do a work in you, my brother. Don't. God is up to something here. Good things are about to happen. We're all here still. Look at us. We're all here. Yeah, we don't chained up. Yeah, the doors are open. But we're, excuse me. But we're all here. We're all here. Amen. So Paul said, do yourself no harm. Verse 29, then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Under the, I'm sure under the power of the Spirit of God. And he, verse 30, and he brought them out and said, sirs, gentlemen, guys, what must we do to be saved? What am I supposed to do to be saved? I have just seen the power of this Jesus that you are imprisoned for. I've just seen it with my eyes. I feel it in my body. I feel it in my heart. I feel his, I feel his spirit doing a work in me. What do I got to do? You guys got the real deal. You guys, you guys are going the right way. I want to go this way. What do I do? And he says, repent. Repent. Call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. That's it. That's it. By faith, call upon the Lord. You will be saved and he will take you and he will be the good shepherd in your life and he will lead you and guide you like he did us here in this moment, they would say. And so the Bible goes on to say that he was saved. He received Jesus into his heart. And then his whole family received Jesus into their hearts. That's the third reason. God knew that there was a, young, there was a woman a Christian woman named Lydia, struggling to get by, needed some sort of encouragement. And so the Spirit of God sent Paul and Silas to preach the word and built her up. And, and she was edified. The second thing, the Spirit of God knew there was a young, precious girl bound by a wicked spirit. And the Lord set her free. And the third and final thing, while Paul and Silas were sent to keep going, to keep going, led by the Spirit, was for this man. The Lord knew that this man's heart was soft. He knew that this man was, was opened. He must have been seeking and searching. There's got to be more to this. My life is not just supposed to be looking after prison guards. There's more to this. There's an empty void in my life. Yeah, they pay me good here. Yeah, I got a high position here. But there's something more. And so Paul and Silas were sent to jail to be a testimony of the power of God for that jailer and his family. Amen? Amen. I want to read this story to you. A certain boy in Sunday school made things... Velta, you could come to the keyboard. Sorry. Thank you. A certain boy in Sunday school made things very difficult for his teachers. This is a true story. The last one uh, went to the principal and submitted the ultimatum. Either that boy goes or I go. Take your choice. 
The principal ex escorted the boy to the door and said, there's the street boy, go. And don't you come back to this Sunday school again. The boy went and he left into the life of crime, which, uh, which has possibly never been paralleled in the history of the nation. He became a wicked, wicked criminal. He left a trail of blood behind him wherever he went killing people, murdering people. Fabulous rewards were offered for his capture, either dead or alive. They just wanted to get him. At last, one night, as he emerged from Chicago theater, a hail of bullets riddled his body. In one of the Chicago newspapers, a most intriguing picture appeared. It showed only the feet of a criminal. In bold type, the caption read, these are the feet of John Dillinger. It was followed by the searching question, who knows where these feet may have gone if someone had guided them right? Who knows where these feet would go if someone had led them, had guided them right? Let's stand. Hallelujah. I want to close this morning with another story. It's a powerful story. Jim Cimbala preached this, and when I, read, when I heard this story, it just it opened my eyes, and it made me understand that the Spirit of God in the smallest, most petty, little moments of our lives, he wants to have free reign. He wants to have control. He wants us to follow him. And there was this missionary, and him and his three other missionary friends, they were, they were flying and, uh, to, to go to a country to, to preach the word. And they stopped. They had to do a pit stop to refuel the plane. And they pulled in the little airport, and they were inside getting some coffee or something, just waiting for the plane to take off to the next, to the next destination, their final destination. And there was four of them, this, this gentleman, I don't know his name, and the three other mi missionaries. And they were sitting there, and they were getting ready to board the plane again. And this pastor said to his friends, he's like, I can't go on this airplane. And they were kind of like, what's up, man? you got to go. We're not going either, because this plane's coming down. They knew this guy was a man of God, and he heard the Lord. And he's like, no, guys, you go. The plane's not coming down. It's not that. I don't know what it is, but I can't get on this plane. I can't. The Spirit of God is speaking to me. I, I don't know why. I don't have any clue, but I can't get on this plane. You guys go, and I'll, I know where you're going. I'll get the next plane or whatever the next day, and I'll meet you guys there. But right now, I can't go, but you go. And so his friends agreed, and they went on the plane. And the, the plane took off, and as they look out the window to, to see his friend. And, and all they could see is his friend just walking away from the airport. He had nowhere to go. He had nowhere. They were in the middle of nowhere. And he did, they're, they're watching him as they're, he's getting smaller and smaller. And he's just walking away, walking further away from the, from the airport. And soon they're out of distance. And, and his friends had no idea where he was. And he was just walking. And he walked and walked and walked, letting the Spirit of God lead him. Lord, I know you spoke to me, God. This is not some stupid thing I've just done. I know, Lord, you're leading me for something. I, just like Paul and Silas. Lord, I don't know why, but I know i got to keep going. I know i got to keep going because you're going to show me something, Lord. You're going to show me something. And so he kept going. And he finally came in. Finally, after walking for miles, he came into this small village. And, and, and he was walking, it was an old kind of crumb rundown uh, village. And he sees um, this little old woman, black woman, rocking on her rocking chair on the porch. And she's just, he's just walking by, having no idea where he's going. He has no idea. He's empty. He's clueless. But he's just trying to be obedient to what he knows in his spirit. And this little old woman stands up from her rocking chair and says, You, sir, you, sir. And he kind of came to the end of her porchway. And she says, You are the man of God. You're the man of God. And he says, ma'am, I'm a man of God. She's like, you're the one. Last night I was in prayer. My boy's inside, sick. He's going to die. He's really sick. 
He's on his deathbed now. Last night I was praying. The Spirit of God told me that tomorrow, at this time, sir, this time, there would be a man of God to come and pray and your boy would raise up alive and well again. Because this man, so the man went in, laid hands on the boy. The woman stayed outside, laid hands on the boy, and that boy raised up and was completely whole in that moment. And that man knew in that moment, that's why the Spirit of God, it is vital, it is life and death for us, for others, for the Lord, that we let the Spirit of God lead. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.